You're listening to Bow Down to Us, the lore edition, a podcast devoted to story-driven games. Here's your host, Joe. Hello and welcome to Bow Down to Us, a lore edition. This is episode number 58. And as with last week, we are Joeless, but that's because he is actually on his way back from BlizzCon right now. We are going to be talking about BlizzCon, and by we, I mean, of course, myself and Vince. But first, we're going to talk about what I think is the coolest news of the week. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. We had a BlizzCon, but <laughs> BlizzCon. BlizzCon does not compare to crossovers in geeks' hearts. There is nothing like a crossover to make a geek feel special in that place below the navel. And we just got announced the coolest freaking crossover I have heard of in a long time. And that is Professor Layton versus Ace Attorney. Now, I don't know about you, but when I saw this, there was like a little little bit of happiness in my heart that just kind of went, oh my God. <laughs> I don't think I stopped smiling for the rest of the day. So freaking awesome. Now, when they announced it, that was enough to make me giddy. I just thought that was hilarious. I was interested to see how they would put it together, but I still, I have faith that they can do a damn good job. But then they released the trailer for it. Now, granted, the trailer is in Japanese, unless they've actually released an English one since I put this up. If so, I'm definitely going to have to find it. Um, But basically, the story behind it is that Professor Layton and Phoenix Wright are actually in another world wherein the antagonist, the storyteller, is someone whose written word becomes fact. And this is taking place in Labyrinth City. So there's illusions, there's witches, there's all manner of magic and whatnot. So Professor Layton is working on puzzles towards that end, whereas Ace Attorney, Phoenix Wright, is on a case wherein a girl is wrongly accused of witchcraft. So they're kind of making it work together very well. Now this trailer, I'm actually going to play it for the audience while we're chatting, but trailer, even though you can't understand what they're saying, it's freaking awesome. <laughs> like I, I almost wish I had been in the audience and the trailer is how I had been, as how I would have found out about this game. Cause it's such a cool reveal. You see professor Layton doing his professor Layton thing and, you know, presenting the damning evidence and you see the, the you know, the asshole other attorney, like, Oh, screw that guy until it's freaking Phoenix. Right. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> objection. But all of the little reveals, all of the little things like would Professor Layton lifts his hat up a little bit and does oh. the objection kind of finger pointing <laughs> at the girl. And then you see, f- Phoenix right when he's tapping his paper and the smile comes up and it's like, oh, it's him, like right here. <laughs> and I was like, this was just fantastic. I can't wait to do. This. Now, when I saw this and, and read about it initially, Objection. yeah. <laughs> unless they've changed or given us more information, this is going to be a 3DS game. There was no mention made of a DS version coming out. Is that correct? That's at least what I've heard, but I don't care because this has sold me the 3DS. Exactly. Like I, again, I really, this is a console seller is what I was, I was saying on the site because quite frankly, like I, yes, there's a lot, there are a lot of games that they've announced that for the 3DS that are 
absolutely amazing that look fantastic but still it's still the console itself they're looking at a hefty charge for it but when you're looking at this and it and this in 3d oh dude <laughs> this <laughs> is some amazing serious finger pointing going on oh my god God, if they pull this off right, which I mean, even just the trailer makes you want to play this game enough that like, I mean, you're already seeing enough story in the background. You're it, it's going to have a lot to it done correctly on a 3DS is definitely going to be a console seller. Can't wait. Definitely. OK, I'm just going to let that play for the folks in the audience so they can watch it while we go on to the BlizzCon news. Um, the biggest news for blizzcon for us was the announcement of the demon hunter for um diablo 3 so that's going to be our final class and it's very much like a amazon slash rogue slash assassin i mean you got a little bit of everything in there but I was really hoping myself that we'd get something truly original because we really had not seen that much that was original with the other class. I mean, the barbarian's barbarian. Case in point, the same thing. Your wizard is your your um, your. Uh, well, the monk was pretty sorcerers. original from Diablo standards. Yes and no. It still is a blend of essentially an assassin and a paladin kind of thing. So it's not completely original. The witch doctor, the same thing, borrowed a ton from the necromancer. So that wasn't that original either. This is borrowing a lot from everybody. However, it's being done in such a way that it is actually, it's using those borrowed abilities very well. And the lore behind it, the story behind her is actually very interesting, deep, dark, some might say emo, like non-entity in our chat room, <laughs> but I think it works. Objection to you. That's going to be the word of the day. <laughs> but uh, I think that it works, but it is borrowing a lot definitely from the other abilities. Like you can definitely see the Amazon minus the javelin in a lot of the abilities. Then your rogue with the fan and knives, and then it's got the grenades as well and traps that are point blank assassin classes from D2. But again, it's doing them in such a way that it fits into that overall character. So it's an amalgamation of everything else. But again, I mean, even WoW borrowed from D2 a lot. So it's not unoriginal to see Blizzard just using concepts for characters that they've already done. Yeah, but if they pull it off, who cares? Because it does look pretty damn cool, especially that Bolo. That's such a unique ability. That's something at least different that they're bringing to it. Yeah, the, the bolo is the one where it wraps around them and then explodes later on. Actually, yeah, gonna... Or they said it could be used on the environment. You can wrap a bolo around a, a, a pillar and then lure the enemies in and collapse the ceiling on them. Cool stuff. Yeah, definitely. Oh, look at this. There's a freaking ad on the site. I'm going to just mm -hmm. bypass that. Let's refresh the page because I want to play the video for the folks. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of information there that we got for the um, the Demon Hunter. And we also got to see some playthroughs as well. So it is going to be a class that, and, and this is something that I mentioned on the site too. Like there's enough abilities that they're putting in there that the class is not going to be always kiting which is something that i hate with range classes where you have to slow down your opponents and then be for every two steps forward taking at least one back as you're kiting and then going forward again i want to be able to just constantly move forward with my character 
And this one here, though, she's going to be more fragile and you're going to be, have to be careful as you're doing that. They're already talking about using abilities together in order to play the character as you'd like to be able to play it. So if you are firing through with some molten arrows to kind of thin out the herd as you're going through, and then you're using grenades as well, which can also stun them, and then going in with, say, your fan and knives, there's a lot of combinations that you're going to be able to do. And then if you need to, vault out so that you can then shoot from a distance. So I like that though it's going to be a range class, it's not entirely going to be a kiting class, which is what I was afraid it was going to be. Yeah, but I mean, the, the character's pretty cool itself. Like, uh, one thing I found interesting was, okay, the, the character is, you know, pure human with uh, some demonic powers. For whatever reason, they're able to resist the corruption. But I forget where I read it, but they said that initially the demon hunter was going to be an actual demon player. And I thought that was pretty cool. Like, I would have loved to see a demon, you know, fighting for fighting against hell as a playable character. It would have been that something different that that we're looking for here. But instead, they just made it a generic Amazon, what have you. But it, it is a pretty cool character. You know, the setup uh, of how all the demon hunters have survived horrible attacks themselves. And that, that's what gives them the protection against the corruption. There's definitely a lot of actual story aspects to like about the demon hunter, even if it's a little on the generic side as far as gameplay is concerned. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's not like they stretched that far with the concepts of the lore behind it. It's still very interesting and it's fun and it's a it's a fantasy theme that we've seen a lot. You know, you can either be the hunted or the hunter. So in this case, they've they're 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 making it where you have this I, I don't want to say secret society, but you know, this the the demon hunters that go out and, and hunt these things so that they can uh, rid the land of them. So it's not something that we haven't, there's the grenades there. <laughs> um, so it's not something that we haven't seen before, but it is being done in such a way that it fits in with the story too, because of the dark aspect kind of thing that fits in with that, the Diablo lore. So it, it is something that should be fun. And if they, they do put in enough story, then it should be fun. And that's where we get to some of the news that we got in terms of the story and how it's going to be told in Diablo three as well. One of the things that they know for a fact now is that people don't want to sit around to read quest text and they don't want to be hearing your story doing nothing. They talked about the starting for Deckard Kane in D2 and how you're spending a lot of time just stay a while and listen. Stay a while and, and listen. And they're saying... <laughs> People don't want to do that. So one of the things that they're doing with D3 is they're experimenting with the story being told, the lore being told as you are actually playing. So in the quest wherein you're helping your artisan get rid of a rival artisan, um, he actually joins you and gives you bits of information as you're progressing through the quest. So you're still getting the story, but it's not sitting through a minute or two listening or reading it but rather you're hearing it as you're battling through wave after wave of mobs or whatever that that is fantastic that's really keeping the pace very fast and moving and interesting in what a dungeon crawler is supposed to be yeah and it's uh, the the theme that just kept coming up throughout these panels was action, action, action. They they don't want they want like we talked about in the games podcast. They made a lot of the UI elements so simplified, but that's not necessarily a bad thing if they're trying to drive the action. And then the action is driving the narrative, and, and it all blends together to seem like it's going to build up to this just nice pace, and you're never going to be bored in this game. 
Yeah. See, the Deckard Cain is actually the introductory speech is one minute, four seconds. They timed it. Okay. One minute, four seconds. <laughs> However, if you actually do it now, actually, I have played um, Diablo as early as last year. Actually, I had it installed and I was playing it again. It's surprising how long a minute is in a oh, game yeah. when you are just wanting to get out and kill stuff. I just want to go out and kill and loot. And so this is actually, I was very happy to hear this. This was this big. It, and it goes along with the theme that they're doing with everything in the game right now. I mean, we talked about it with the blood orbs so that they can heal you as you're going so that it's a nonstop quickly playing through and healing as you're going versus stopping or whatever in terms of, of healing. So this is another aspect of that that will keep you interested in the lore, but not at the cost of your time kind of thing. You can still have fun. Yeah, and also how they're saying that they're they're not taking story out of the game. There's still plenty of story there for those that want to experience it. They acknowledge that uh, a significant portion of the player base just wants to go kill shit. You know, they, they don't care about the story. Those poor, poor fools. But yeah. <laughs> they, they, they were talking about how the, the books and the scrolls will drop from enemies. And you pick it up and it starts playing an audio log of the, the writer, you know, describing the events, you know, as uh, non-entity pointed out, just like in Bioshock, how you could get the nice audio dialogue as you're still playing. You didn't have to stop to get the story bits. You don't have to stop to read the quest text. It's there with you as you're playing the game and it never stops and that's a big one too see that's something that i'm hoping that everybody realizes that now we've gone far enough in games i mean when borderlands can get this right everybody should be able to get this right <laughs> if there's anything that i gotta read have it read to me as i continue doing whatever it is that i'm doing so that was huge as well because there's a lot of people a, a lot of the people who played diablo despite being you know at heart, just people who wanted loot, still loved the feel and the look and the lore of that Diablo universe. I mean, the fans for Diablo are as rabid as the the WoW fans. Really, it's a the, it's something where people appreciated that that lore and and the darkness of it. So I think that by providing people the opportunity to know more about the lore but not at the cost of wasting their time in order to do so is a win-win because then yeah i'm still going to be able to go out and shoot my arrows at shit but i'm still going to be able to at the same time enjoy the, the 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 transcripts of whatever it is i picked up i i thought that was actually genius i again not genius because everybody should be doing it but the fact that they put it in oh way way happy Okay, so that being said now, we've talked about the uh, Demon Hunter as well as some different lore and different things that are going to be coming up in the game. We did talk a lot about the UI stuff in the games podcast. So if you're interested in reading or hearing more about that, I would say just go and get download uh, episode 12 of the games uh, episode and episode 12 of the games episode. And uh, you can get more information about that. So what we'll, we'll do, though, is we'll move right into some of the wow news that is pertaining to um, the Worgen specifically that was given away at, uh, at BlizzCon. And that was just this fantastic cinematic that we got that shows it would be before some of what is, I guess, before you are actually starting off because the worgen are actually still caged in here i'm gonna backtrack it and play it there so that the folks in the audience can see it it was just a nice little because they didn't have that 
trailer to show people. Um, this is what they showed off. It is a, a phenomenal trailer or um, cinematic, and it is using the in- in-game engine as well. What did you think of it? Oh, I thought it was awesome. Just the just the atmosphere that comes across with you know Doctor Anime glasses, as I started calling him. <laughs> you know, those are awesome. There, it's just, but it's it makes the character so creepy and mysterious that you you know you always have the reflection off of his glasses. You don't actually see his eyeballs. That just gives the character such an interesting twist and makes him this uh, ambiguous character. We really don't know what his motivations are. We're like, we're assuming that's the playable character inside the cage. I'm, I'm going to make that assumption. Yeah. I'm not in the beta. So not knowing how he feels towards you as the playable character, it, it really does make this very interesting and really, really, really cool. <laughs> that's all I can really say. Yeah, no, it was very well done. And it is something that... <sighs> As much as um, I enjoyed the cinematic for the goblins, and I thought it was awesome, I really did. Anytime, yeah, anytime I'm seeing cinematics or stuff for the wargans, the lore behind it, the story, the dark, the, the gritty feel of everything, like right there, when you're seeing the wargans' eyes and teeth oh. in the cage in the dark, and then you're seeing him back up when they're saying, is there hu- any humanity left in you? And the wargan is backing up. And I'm thinking, wow, like, you know, that that is exceptionally well done. And it really Why are they hiring an actual director to do the movie? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, the little bit of information that we got from uh, in terms of the work and whatnot. We did get the um, the quest in the lore panel as well that they had for uh, for BlizzCon. Do you actually want to go off on this and tell me what what interested you? Oh, all kinds of awesome stuff that, that that we're hearing about. And again, just with the endless teasing, you know, they, they, they give us hints of where they might be going and just let us run off in all these directions. Like they, they didn't say it, but they said it. They heavily <laughs> hinted at the fact that Thrall might become the next aspect of the Earth. That's that's inc- that's insane. The next Earth Warder, you know, because oh, he's a shaman, and well, there's no black dragons freaking left that are, that are sane enough to to fill the role. So yeah, hey, maybe Thrall could do something there. That's huge, and, and of course not in- confirmed whatsoever. And I hate you, Metzen, for giving <laughs> us those stupid little tidbits like that. But the stuff they did confirm, um, just things like. Uh, Collect Ghosts, uh, who was established in the, uh, I forget the name, but the manga that was written by Richard Nock, which uh, was okay. But he, he's a character that's popped up throughout the game as well. He's going to be taking over for Malagos as the blue aspect, uh, as the, the magic warder. And how they, they say that, okay, you know, no, the Lich King is done. Ner'zhul's gone. Uh, Bolvar's holding down that fort. And we're not going to see him again for a while. But they didn't say we're not going to see him again ever. Yeah, <laughs> just a, a lot of that cool stuff, and of course, finally acknowledging that they made an absolute clusterfuck out of the Eridar and Draenei lore. <laughs> like, yeah, that that didn't go over too well. <laughs> well, they were saying too that they really didn't do much with them later on, mm-hmm. so they shortchanged them. So here we'll introduce some some races for you to play, but then we're really not going to do much with them afterwards. So I, I'm I'm hoping that we're going to see a lot more, whether it's in content patches or in um, the next Archaeology. expansion. Yeah, like there's really, the, the potential is there to still have a lot of fun with those classes. And just one one more quote here that, that I found interesting. Somebody was asking about how in Burning Crusade, 
we never really saw Illidan until we went to kill the dude. Whereas in Wrath of the Lich King, Arthas was freaking everywhere. And how is Deathwing going to you know, interact with the players in Cataclysm? And this is the exact quote. In Wrath of the Lich King, we may have cartooned Arthas out a bit. With Deathwing, it's a little harder for him to show up and not just kill you. What happens is that when you see Deathwing, he will kill you 99% of the time. <laughs> yeah actually they made a point of talking about that a few times because it was brought up and it's like no no you don't understand if he shows up you're dead that's that's kind of it it's not it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that uh yeah no there was some information that was interesting we saw a lot of questions about um legendaries that's something that interests a lot of people because they want to have certain legendaries um items that they don't feel have come out again and there was some um there was some talk from from tanks that were saying they'd like a, a legendary sword that they can use kind of thing there was um people asking about a, uh, a staff as well that they would like it, but there really wasn't too much information that was given out about that. So I know that myself, I know that that's something that would interest Joe a lot, him with his shiny orange mace, but uh, I know that normal folk like you and I ain't never going to see one of those yeah. unless we're inspecting somebody else. So frankly, did not care too much, but there was a lot about that too. There was a lot of questions about the, uh, the Junai as well. And what we're going to see, that is something that definitely interests me as well. Because, I, I mean, it's like I was saying, you, you it, it's kind of, to me, is is cheating. If you're introducing a, a, a race that you can play at, but then you really don't do a lot with it later on. And you don't, so, so here you are, you have this, you're playing this race, you're heavily involved in it, and yet, and associate yourself with it kind of thing in terms of the game. And then there's nothing that comes up later on. Whereas all of the other ones have, it just continues on the lore that goes back for them. So it was interesting to see again, them basically saying they dropped the ball on it, but that they, they will be picking up where they left off and hopefully more will be coming. Especially when there was so much controversy surrounding the introduction of the Draenei, how they retconned some of the lore and they had an opportunity to make us like it. And they just chose not to. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then there was, of course, a lot of talk about uh, Deathwing as well, like you were saying as well. Um, and they they did a lot of teasing. I found about Deathwing yeah. too. It wasn't so much giving you a lot of concrete ev evidence or, or not evidence, but information. So much as just like case in point, where they're asking questions and they're saying something awesome is going to happen. Well. What does what is that? Like I know <laughs> I know you don't want to spoil that, too that, much. That but seemed to be Metzen's answer to everything. It'll be awesome. Yeah, really, <laughs> uh, kind of. And then again, the, the constant questions about the freaking moose that Ghost Wolf promised. Uh, I'll be glad when that's done. Really, I I've got very little interest in that. Okay, moving on from there. What else did we have? We also had actually that was pretty much it for the Blizz, BlizzCon news. Um, like we were saying in the the games podcast edition, we kind of were torn. I, I certainly felt that there, there was not nearly enough that were there. You, you were kind of, you, you accepted what was there. You were all right. If with you it. set the bar low enough, you'll never be disappointed. That's true. Well, I'm sure that's what your girlfriend taught you. All right. So let's move on to some other news then that is not BlizzCon because between the two podcasts now we've done quite a bit on that. Uh, let's talk about DC Universe Online, which is quickly becoming one of the games that we like to talk the most about. I love. <laughs> <laughs> so this actually was telling us about some of the voice acting that they're getting for that. And that's something that means so much to a game. I mean, we've been seeing that more 
more with games, especially from Bioware, where the voice acting that they use makes such a huge difference in terms of how much immersion you're then going to get from the game. And I mean, having Will Wheaton as Robin is a win-win. Yeah. Oh, come I, on. I don't know about that. Oh. Especially when you consider what Robin he is. They, they said, okay, Bruce Wayne is Batman. Dick Grayson is Nightwing. So that means this is Tim Drake Robin, who's like 16-ish. And Will Wheaton is not. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't want to see him reprising his Wesley Crusher days. <laughs> I think he can do it. I I think that will. Oh, we- I'm sure it'll be great, but it's just one of those that you kind of scratch your head and go, "Really? That was the best use they could come up with for Will Wheaton?" Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think that Will Wheaton has gone the Will Shatner route in terms of not taking himself seriously. I mean, when you see him in a lot of the roles that he's doing right now, like all the stuff that he does on Big Bang Theory and whatnot, Evil Will Wheaton. Yeah, it's he's not taking himself seriously. So that's why I think he could really pull this off. And I mean, in terms of his voice and what he can do with it. We don't know what he'll be able to pull off. I mean, look at the stuff that freaking Luke Skywalker has done where you can't even <laughs> recognize his voice. So I, th- I think that I'm, I'm very excited to hear what he's going to do with it. I, I'm hoping that I won't be disappointed. And if you are, who cares? It's freaking Robin. And uh, who else have we got? We got... We had uh, Arlene Sorkin, Sorkin. who is going to reprise her role from Batman the Animated Series as Harley Quinn. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Well, as well as Corey Burton, who has been in pretty much everything animated ever, who will reprise his role uh, from the Superman animated series as well as Justice League as Brainiac. So that that goes a long way, just like we said, with Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill of making the characters as relatable to what we know them as as possible. Yeah. And then you've got uh, Dwight Schultz, who's going to be doing the voice of The Flash as well. So all in all, it's it's good news because and I'm, I'm wondering if they're having more success in getting names for the voice acting as the game is going on and the excitement is building and people are having a lot of faith in the product already. I'm wondering if that's having something to do with it, because I we're, we're hearing some pretty amazing voice talent that's going to be in this game right now already. Okay, so moving on from there, let's talk about some Assassin's Creed because yes. there's we got some information because there's going to be a comic book that's going to be coming out. And so they had a dev diary that they call The Fall. And I'm actually going to let you take this while I turn the video on for the folks in the audience. All right. If anybody who loves our site, and obviously, let's, I mean, let's face it, who doesn't love our site, they know that the one thing we like almost as much as games is comic books. So when you put your comic books in my games and my games and your comic books, win-win. We, we saw it with Mass Effect. We saw it with Dragon Age. It's worked out quite well for the industry over the last couple of years. So we have this new Assassin's Creed comic that they're working on. And I I like how they said that initially they just wanted to do another Ezio story because, hey, apparently everybody likes Ezio. But then they they, they realized just this huge world that Ubisoft has created for the Assassin's Creed franchise. They with their weird little sci fi twists that they pulled in the first game, they opened up Assassin's Creed to pretty much anything ever. If you can think of it. It can be made into a game or, in this case, a comic. And that's why we see this one is set in turn of the century, early 1900s Russia. And you play an assassin by the name of Nikolai Orlov. And it's such a great setting for an assassination story because – 
prior to the uh, revolution in Russia, there was a lot of actual assassinations going on amongst the historical figures. So it's very easily to weave this Assassin's Creed story into this actual historical setting. And I just think it's really, really interesting. And not only that, they're not just telling a Nikolai story. As we've seen with Altair and Ezio, they have uh, Desmond as their uh, descendant who, who can relive their lives through his memories. And now we're starting to see not only the expansion of the assassins, but the expansion of the future uh, side of the storyline as well. The future side of the storyline takes place in the 1990s. Uh, a good period of time before Desmond shows up and focuses on a man by the name of Daniel Cross. So again, not only are they expanding their roster of assassins, they're expanding their roster of modern day characters because we can only believe that uh, Desmond would have so many common ancestors before his uh, family tree starts looking a little funky there. So it's cool that they're expanding upon that as well, really lending a lot of weight and just credence to the story how it, it makes sense which is something we don't see a lot in video game storylines it feels that if you can suspend your disbelief long enough to uh, uh, assume that you can revisit character or people from your ancestry through your memories in a machine then you can buy into the story because they've told it so well and not only has it been so great in the games, it looks like it's going to come across on the page very, very great. And they showed that they have the artists going to Russia. That's one awesome. of the biggest <laughs> one of the biggest praises for Assassin's Creed 2 was that that was Italy. Like if anybody's been to Italy, it's there. It's right there in the game. So they're replicating Russia in the comic with this really unique process to the art. Uh, most comics have a penciler who just draws everything, the inker who goes over the lines and fine tunes it and adds in some detail, and then the colorist who adds color to the page. Well, for this one, they, they've kind of streamlined it. They just have these two artists working on a pages simultaneously. Like, so he'll draw, uh, like they showed one artist would draw a character's face and then go, okay, what do you think of this? Like, oh, okay, that character's face is kind of cool. Let's add this little feature in here. So they have all the artists working on the page at the same time. And it has a really, really cool looking art style. Looking at these pages that they're working on, I can't wait to see that in actual comic because it's going to look freaking awesome. They've got a nice bloom effect to a lot of the images as well, which works with the the theme of the story as well. And, and, and the, you know, the Assassin's Creed stuff, it's it's really that there's a, a different feel to the, the 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 art in terms of how it looks. It's not like you were saying, like your normal stuff. It's really quite interesting looking. And I love that they've got so much accuracy in terms of the landscape. Like when you're looking at the cities and they've got the pictures of like different cityscapes and whatnot, that's because they had the freaking artists on the steps of a building taking sketches of the actual cities. That's what it looks like when they're showing some of the pictures of the um, the soldiers from way back when kind of thing. They've actually got pictures that they're comparing it to so that you can see that it looks authentic. That, that goes a long way towards giving the, even though, again, even though when you're looking at the basic premise of Assassin's Creed, it's not believable, but it certainly lends a lot of credibility then because of all the, the, the historical accuracies of the comic book. Yeah, I, there, there's, there's no higher praise we can give than 
we want to buy this. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we, we spend a lot of money on stupid crap. If your stupid crap is good enough, <laughs> you'll get our money. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely be talking about this on the comics podcast when it comes out because I know that we'll both be picking it up. Okay, moving on from there and just touching on one last bit of news before we take off. We've got a little bit more information in terms of the Star Wars The Old Republic, the extra characters that you're going to be able to have with you. Now, they did announce three others. Now, this is interesting to me because it is, um, when we talked about Bauer, 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 whatever the hell his name is, when he came out, and we were talking about how unbearably cool he is, and that it would be something that it would be hard for you to live up to in terms of then your character, if, you're, if your helper dude is more interesting than you are, well, you've got a problem. So I wanted to know what the others are going to be like and whether or not it was just that character that would be basically that awesome. So we got three characters that were just recently announced. One of them is the director of operations for Imperial Intelligence, and they call him um, Keeper. And basically, this is a very high-ranking official that does a lot of the decisions that, that must be made within the Empire and whatnot. And he has to be... Um, careful in terms of not overstepping his boundaries and basically getting killed or not doing enough. So he's very, very powerful. And I'm interested to know how they're going to work him into being your helper as you're doing missions and things like that. That doesn't quite fit, but I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to do it. And well, that, I think it would be an interesting companion for the, the Sith Inquisitor because you can see it as, okay, this regular imperial agent would be working beneath an actual Sith. So I think that could work out and how they, they can both benefit each other. Well, it, yes and no. I, while I agree with you there, what I'm finding interesting is simply that this, again, going back to my point of there's going to be when you, you're meeting in town kind of thing, if they allow you to have your companion out at the same time, you're going to have how many hundred directors of operations there. So it's not quite as unique anymore when everybody's got one. And if they don't allow that and they only allow you to have him with you when you're out on a mission or whatever, then fine. But again, then you've got this extremely high ranking director of operations that's your companion at your beck and call. Well, but who's to say he still has his rank also? Okay. Okay. Well, we can go there. The other one that we heard about was a self-proclaimed king ruler, and that is Boris Yulgov. Yulgov. And basically, this is someone who who was a normal um, high-ranking um uh, member of the military, but then basically when he wasn't allowed to go home after his essentially call of duty kind of thing, and then he started seeing the corruption and everything, he then decided that, no, they were going to essentially have martial law and he was going to rule. Again, you've got a very powerful character that then is going to be your companion. The last one that they announced, which actually this one made a little bit more sense, was this Diabdwun, 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 him. <laughs> yeah. You ruined doing. That's it. See, doing. I'm saying do in. And this is just basically a little guy from a uh, small mining world. And he was recruited because, and, and, and he is someone that is actually, though he's quite negative in terms of his 
Outlook, which I'm thinking is going to mean a lot of little lines as you are questing with him. Um, he's actually quite a, a, a thoughtful, they say, character and, and, and independent. The, the thing with this character is that there wasn't quite as much... It's not a, an absolutely astounding backstory kind of thing. So yeah, On purpose, though, I'd say. Well, yeah, and, and that's fine. And I think that we need a little bit more of that. I mean, dude, even the freaking robot has got an awesome backstory. <laughs> T-701, his backstory, his memory has never been wiped for several centuries, for two centuries. And because of that, he's got an actual character. And he identifies himself as a protector of the more squishy humans or, or, or organisms. <laughs> he doesn't say squishy, but it's something along those lines. So, bags. Yeah, really. <laughs> I never get tired of hearing that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, even the freaking robot has this amazing backstory. Again, I'm 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 holding out. I'm I'm not judging whether or not it's gonna work because I'm quite certain they know what they're doing. But it is going to be interesting to see how this works based on the fact that it's such a, a, an amazingly rich backstory for all of the back characters or the companions, I should say. Okay, with that, we're actually going to wrap up the show because we're we're cutting it close in terms of <laughs> time for both podcasts that were recorded tonight. Uh, we will have Joe back to be hosting the show next week, hopefully. I mean, I don't see any reason why he should not be here. And then I could just take a back seat and shut up because apparently I bore people like uh, Vince. So I will try to have these podcasts out for you tomorrow to listen to. Like I said, you'll want to download episode 12 of the Games Edition, Bow Down to Us, the Games Edition, because we talked a lot more about BlizzCon in that one as well with that i will let you go and we will talk to you guys next week i've never been to canada i have my picture taken with a mountie all right man that whole episode was just ruined <sighs> you feel better <laughs> Yes. How long did you save that up for? You probably thought of that like five minutes ago. Oh, I'm going to save that one. It's going to be awesome. Oh, he's bound to laugh. Yeah. Is who still here? Uh, he just bailed. Oh. Okay, I figured, figured he'd work up his skill force. <laughs> Three points. Who do you think you're talking to, buddy? Three points. That doesn't even... That's that's just installing Eyes of the North gets you three points. I might go a little bit later than 8.30 if you're all right with that. Fine with me. I don't have a raid. You got no life. I have a life. It's not fair. That's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> My life is making fun of Canadians <laughs> that are more successful than me. Nicer. All right. <laughs> I'm going to let you have your moment. <laughs> Bastard hung up on me. You make fun of my comics, so I'm not going to talk to you no more. Shut up. Sidekick. Yeah, well, that's made abundantly clear every episode. All right. Hello and welcome to... Oh, we're going to do it again. You almost said for the lore again. I very, very nearly, but I did. Yeah, I think there's something goofy on my end tonight. Okay, well, you're fine. And now. no, don't say me. <laughs> I wasn't going to. See, oh, I you. let you get away with some every once in a while. Even though you provide me with ample opportunity, I don't point out all of your misgivings. And then I had that game that I ordered from Amazon when I broke down and bought it. Mm -hmm. What did you get? 
You're not telling. <laughs> as long as it's not like Barbie's Princess Adventure, we'll be okay. No. But we've discussed it several times. Hey, you got the collector's edition, didn't you? Maybe. Oh, God, Roger. <laughs> You're killing me, dude. I swear to God, dude, I spent five minutes on the freaking <laughs> cart at the the cart afterwards, and I put in my information. Is like, do I really, really want to do this? Gran Turismo coming out, and then I'll be picking that up for sure. Gotta have that. I got to race. Get Castlevania. I'm not getting Castle. You know what? I kind of. I'm. I'm probably never gonna unless it's on sale, used. Then I'll pick it up. But I'm probably not gonna pick it up. I mean, dude, look at. We've got. Okay, I'm gonna be playing that. I still haven't played my Dead Rising 2 that I picked up used. I, I have to care. play that. I don't care. I still haven't finished my Death Spank. I gotta finish Death Spank because I mean, Death Spank. But I'm not yeah. even gonna buy the first one just yet because I don't have time. And then we're gonna have Gran Turismo 5. Dude, oh, I'll be playing that sucker all the Maybe. time. I already set up because my freaking wireless on the PS3 keeps cutting out all the time. It's it's just useless. I've read about other people having this problem. So I hooked up another thing to it just so that I'm gonna have my my internet so that I can play races against my buddy who's getting it as well and stuff because I have to and then Cataclysm is coming out and so then I'm going to be playing that and then we're looking at next year when we're yeah, getting don't even get me started on next year Guild Jesus. Wars Terra <laughs> um, freaking Star Wars Republic I mean Dragon Castlevania Age. who the hell cares yeah, Dragon Age dude like I care about Castlevania at this point you should no. care about Castlevania I care about it, but not enough that I'm going to play it. Diablo 3. Oh, dude, when Diablo 3 comes out, that's it. We're done. done. Everything's. <laughs> Podcasts will be canceled. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Roger? Uh, no, ask Vince. I can't find Vince either. Yeah, no. When D3 comes out, all bets are off. <laughs> I, that's why I'm hoping 2012, because quite seriously, when that sucker comes out, I the site is going to take a hit. The, the site is going to take a very serious hit. Wasabi, learn to write. We need you. Yeah. <laughs> you got any skills Help me, Wasabi Joe. You're my only hope. <laughs> <laughs>